Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. You sound so subdued. You sound sad. Well, I'm I'm getting accustomed to reading my own audio levels. And I'm back to using the digital microphone that we've used, and I'm I'm just making sure that the audio is not going to blow out anyone's speakers. Uh-huh. Well, so far, so good. You're not going to blow out m- my speakers. Well, then that's all I worry about. And, and I'll be able to I'll be able to edit you natively. Don't sweat it, dude. Fair point. Yeah, go. But quar- we're figuring this out. We're figuring out quarantine podcasting. Quarantine podcasting is different. Again, I don't. I'm not. I'm not in the same room with you. No, and I don't like that. I did get to see you this week, though, which I did. I did appreciate. I got to see you IRL. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. It was. It was sad to not be able to like come in and drink beer with you, but you know, it was certainly better than cracking beer from across the city. Right. <laughs> That's right. And and hopefully, ooh, what are you drinking? Is that Cryo Stash? It's Cryo Stash. So I'm drinking ooh. Hot Valley Brewing Company's Cryo Stash. Their Imperial IPA. It's delicious. I think it's maybe my favorite. I think it's maybe my very favorite IPA of all time. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it's it's pretty high up there for me. It's like a top 10, I think. Yeah, you know, fair enough. When I say my favorite, that's what I really mean. It's top 10. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's 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 a reasonable top 10. Right. Cuz it also it it doesn't drink like an imperial IPA. It drinks just like a normal IPA, but then you stand up, but you don't stand up. And you drunk. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. You didn't even see it coming. As as drunk. Yeah, whatever. It's a uh, how much is it? I don't know. Usually it's on the can. Yeah, no, it's like it's like fifteen percent or something like that. I don't know about that. It's eight seven. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a big beer. Yeah, it's a puncher. Just delicious. That's a big beer. I but, feel like uh, the Notice guys talking about ABVs. Yeah, yeah, they do that. They're 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 big big hop heads and and ABV heads. Oh well, so for for you guys listening, this is a forty seven IBU. I want to say. Yeah, for an Imperial, it's not super bitter. I like that. I don't like the r- really high IBU beers. 40 IBUs. And it, and I appreciate, like, in, like, 2008 was kind of the peak of the Hophead where you're getting 100, 110 IBU IPAs. And I appreciate that brewers learn to pull all the good stuff out of hops without also adding all the additional IBUs. So we can get down to, like, back into the 50s and below and still right. have really good really full ipas for, for for a while there it felt like you'd go to the bar and they'd hand you like a a green shake or something and be like this yeah. this is the newest ipa from fuck your mother brewing company yep <laughs> tasted like a cup of grass 250 ibus like so so bitter it tasted fishy yeah not not a fan I, but no. that that kraus dash very good mm. Yes. Very good. I'm I'm drinking uh I'm drinking a Negroni. I've been on a Negroni kick. That's a good kick to be on it. Especially sad that I'm not at your house right now. You know, it's the guy the out of time podcast. I've been listening to those guys. Uh and and I think that that's the drink of choice over there. Um I'm not sure for both of them, but I know in their last podcast they they said 
bring me another Negroni. They're at a bar, right? And they're drinking. And I thought, I want another Negroni. And so I went immediately to the liquor store. I was in my car listening to the Out of Time podcast. And I just took a right into the liquor store and bought Negroni ingredients. How fortunate that you were just at the liquor store. <laughs> I mean, it was like it, it was like a block away. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Problem solved. So what what's all in a Negroni for those of us who are who are unfamiliar? Sure, it, it's a one to one to one. It's a three part drink uh, with actually kind of a fantastic history uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing. But it is it is one part gin, one part one part Campari, and one part of a red uh, or a, a vermouth rosso red rosso, uh, red vermouth. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a huge fan of vermouth. However, do you go sweet or dry in yours? Excuse me, sweet or dry vermouths? Yeah. So this is a red, so a sweet vermouth. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it just works. It's bitter. It's sort of refreshing. It's got this Kool Aid. It's got this uh, Kool Aid coloration to it, which is kind of mm-hmm. fun, mostly from the Campari and also also the vermouth. Uh, the color really reminds me of like an old fashioned. Yeah, definitely. That's what I thought you were drinking at first. More red than an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's not brown like that. No, I, I mean I can only see it through the FaceTime. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. How How are you, Andrew? How How's everything? How's everything going you know, over there? Just hanging out in this quarantine life on the weekends and that quarantine life, yo. It's. I mean, I'm not quarantined. Just so we're we're just doing the the stay home, stay healthy shelter in place kind of deal uh but man it is it is trying i don't know how people stay home all day with their kids all the time his mind is just a, a bundle of energy he just never stops mm-hmm. and it's exhausting i get i'm more tired after being home for three days than after having worked for four it, yeah no i've said please stop talking uh more times than i care to admit in the last week and a half more times in the last week than probably in the in the previous ever. <laughs> Please stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but other than that, you know, we're we're hanging in there. Yeah, getting getting kind of bored of doing nothing on the weekends. I feel like the Netflix catalog is thinning out in the way of things that I might want to watch. Right. We watched uh, Outbreak last night. Ooh, how was that? Uh, it's not very good, but I think they did they did a. <laughs> They did a cool job showing like disease vectoring, like how quickly something can become an outbreak. And it's got, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman and Morgan Freeman sure. and uh, Kevin Spacey and like, you know, good, good enough cast. So we watched, uh, we watched Contagion. That, that's next on the list. Yeah. We watched Contagion with Matt Damon and uh, I mean, really just actually a fantastic cast. And it was, it was equally interesting, you know. I, I don't know. It, it seemed fairly uh, constrained, you know. And you know, I think outbreak is pretty uh, out there in terms of yeah, what it's doing to people. Um, I, I think contagion similarly uh, outlandish, but maybe to a lesser degree. You, you know that that fever that that disease they're getting is. Uh, more extreme than the coronavirus uh, and, and perhaps more deadly, but a very similar sort of, you know, this is going to kill 20% of people who get it. And they're talking about our values or, or whatever. Our value? That's not right, is it? Yeah. Our value? Yeah. Anyway. I think that's the word. Yeah. 
uh, you, you know, these same ideas. And it's like, oh, this is this is interesting and fun and, and, and less fun than it would have been a year ago because it's so yeah. it's so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's in between a movie made in the '90s and a movie made in the 2000s, though. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah. Well, good, and you and baby's good. Cal is. Yeah, you know, he's just eating, sheeting, sleeping, shitting. You know, all the baby stuff. Doing doing baby things, giggling. I'm seeing. Yeah. Oh lots yeah. Lots of giggling. giggling, getting tickled, making weird noises. You know, all the baby stuff. Well, I'm sad I haven't seen him for for several weeks now. So we'll have he to is do. Too. He asks after you guys all the time. Right. <laughs> where, where are those guys? Where, yeah. are the, where are the meadows? Yeah, where are those people at? Well, well, good. We're we're talking about uh, watches today. Sort of. Well, not only are we talking about watches, we're talking about beer. We're talking about our two favorite things, watches. The two best things. And beer. Objectively, the two best things. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the Man-made. L- what's that? Man-made things. The, that's right. The best two man-made things. Watches and beer. And so we've got a fun we've got a fun topic for this week. Our topic is if your watch was a beer, what kind of beer would it be? And, and instead of leading with watches, we've we've decided to to narrow this down to six types of beer. Six yeah. types of beer. So so uh we've got lager. We've got IPA, we've got sour, we've got amber, stout, and barley wine. <laughs> we needed to have a ridiculous well, one in there. We right? needed to have two outliers, right? Yeah, like that's so right. so what I when I was going through this, I was like, let's get some four four really basic. Everyone knows them. Oh wow, I'm screaming into the microphone. Everyone knows them. Styles of beer. Even non beer drinkers, no loggers. They've heard of IPAs. I had a bar owner bitching at me about how she didn't need any more IPAs because she knows beer. I'm like, yep, you're right. Have we had this you conversation? Know, my my dad on, my dad insists it's it's pronounced IPA. Oh, and some people are are like that. But right. if you like, <laughs> if you're gonna be adamant that it's an IPA, I'm not gonna talk beer with you. <laughs> and just it like that's it. It's a totally futile conversation that's actually my dad that my whole childhood he would come up with pronunciations for things and insist on you know as a kid this sort of annoyed me but now as a grown-up i find it endearing uh but you know kobe bryant kobe bryant for years was kobe 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 (laughs) beef bryant (laughs) you know or things like that right uh like i said as a as a child it was like fuck dad it's kobe you know, this is embarrassing or whatever. But right now, as a as a grown up, I find it endearing. You know, he he comes yeah. up with these alternative pronunciations for Ippa and Kobe, and yeah, just watching the Laker game, watching Kobe drinking an Ippa. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so okay, back to the topic. So a couple so, of outliers, a couple of yeah. basics. Yeah. So we got four basics and a couple outliers. I wanted to offer you the sour, full well knowing that sours are your jam. My jam. In the way of beer. Not to say that I don't like them, but I don't like them as much as you like them. Yeah. No, that's that's accurate. And and I figured what, what other outlier is out there that I think would make a an interesting watch pick. So I'm with a barley wine. Because th- you don't see them very often. No, At, in like no. 2010, you saw them a lot. 
uh, and they kind of fell out of style. You know, I think you still see them at like brewers festivals or whatever, right? Where you get the, the yeah. like artisanal small batch. Hey, try our barley wine or or whatever. But right, it's yeah. it's not marketed. Uh, it's brewers at, playing around and decide to do something real off the wall. Right. Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. Well, well, good. Should we, should we just dive in? Because I think that that there's an obvious kicking off point. Uh, I think so. I I would suggest or propose perhaps that the easiest and most basic place to start is a lager because the lager, the lager, the lager beer. Because much like uh, a lager, uh, every, everybody's had a watch. Everybody's owned a watch, mm-hmm. and, and and everybody's drank. A lager, right? And, and so to that, I should, I should think so. So to that end, I have suggested that a lager, the the watch analog to a lager is your basic quartz dress sport, a la the Timex Weekender, or perhaps a Seiko Solar Macy's edition, perhaps with integrated lugs. Uh, something that is generally uh, grab and go, throw it on your wrist, maybe not particularly interesting, but with some redeeming qualities, uh, affordable, widely available, generally non-objectionable, easy to get. I like it. Can can I offer a uh, an alternative? Counterpoint. Same vein, though. It's this... The sport watch, the resin case uh-huh. sport watch. It, yeah, no, I, I think that that's an easy enough transition. Um, you you know, I, I would say that that probably both both work equally well. Yeah, I, I think so. The, the reason I tend towards that resin case is because it, I, I feel like it's a lot more functional than the than the Macy's grab and go. And I feel like loggers have a, there, there's a place in the world for them. If I'm going to drink all day, like when I get up on Saturday to watch college football, I go to Bushlight, I go to Ultra, I go to something light, something I can drink all day, and something I am never going to get. Well, I mean, (laughs) I could and I have, but something I generally won't get drunk from drinking if I drink all day. I'll get the sleepies around four o'clock, but... All right. Well, well, then why don't we do this? Why don't we why don't we sort of go off script, as it were, and, okay. and suggest that a pilsner is Ooh. a pilsner is a lager, right, for all intents well. and purposes, with a little bit different with a little bit different uh, grain profile, right? So and a different hot profile and a different hot profile. Okay. Yeah. So, but a pilsner is essentially brewed exactly the same way as a lager. It's it's all the same things, and, and furthermore, it's cheap. Now, I will say that. A a a average Joe is gonna drink Bushlight, and someone who's thinking I'm gonna be fancy today, I'm gonna be fancy today. They may go ahead and buy themselves some Green Bottle Heineken <laughs> or oh. a Miller. That's right. So so perhaps perhaps in in this iteration, the logger your description of a logger being the resin case sport watch the the Timex Ironman is accurate, but. If you want to be a little fancy, you okay. go for you get yourself a weekender, and now you've got a Heineken on your wrist. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. Okay, I can really get behind that. Okay, 
<laughs> Good. It's solved. And, and you know, we, you can even expand it further, right? And and I think that was the fun of this episode is we were kind of like, well, what do we do? Well, I don't know. We could do, uh, you, you know, perhaps, perhaps you say, you know, I still want a quartz grab-and-go three-hander. But I want something special. I want a Longines VHP. Mm. I want high accuracy. I want craftsmanship. You can buy a logger. Yeah. You can buy a logger that's made in a small batch with the highest possible quality ingredients and enjoy the shit out of it. And it's a heck of a lot better, better, quote unquote better, and and I mean that both pejoratively and not, it's a heck of a lot better than the Timex Weekender Bud Light, right? If you get I was gonna say Bud Light is probably that super high class. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. There's there's a lot of craft brews craft breweries that are doing really high end loggers and it's crazy the different flavor profiles you get out of something with just a little bit higher quality grain bill, a little bit more attention to detail in the grain and hot bill. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head there. So high high accuracy quartz. Yeah. All right then, my friend. I think it's a good enough time to move on to the amber ale. Ooh, let's let's hit the amber. So when I, when I was thinking ambers, I I was generally thinking something that's perfect. Make more noise. Because <laughs> I, I could have muted myself for that. Yeah, I mean, you only have that capability over there. It's not a big deal. Um. <laughs> so ambers to me are super generic, typically. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter where in the price range you go, what brewery you're going to, you're you're gonna get the same golden, roasty, really mild hop flavor in that beer. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are a few out there that are really special, but generally all the rest of them are are by and large the same. And when it when it comes to mind for me, when I think of a of a special amber, I go right to Mac and Jack's African Amber. If I ever see that beer on draft, that I will not drink anything else that night at that bar. I love that beer because because it's hard to find. Yeah, it didn't used when, to be, but it is now. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's not easy to find around here, and it's it's in a lot of airports, <laughs> which I think kind of turns people off to it because yeah. like oh, it's airport beer. Like you can get Stella or you can get African Amber. Jack's. Yeah. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and try the Mac and Jacks. It's unlike any other amber you've had. So I went with your standard sized 40 to 42 millimeter dive watch. Uh-huh. Because if you look across the spectrum of dive watches, if we if we look at any of the the standard, you know, not the not the not uh skin divers or dress divers, but just the standard spectrum of divers, you can go from like a ProMaster uh, a, a sumo, a samurai, an SKX, a tuna. You're did getting... you did you affect a lisp when you said samurai? I was burping. Okay, <laughs> I thought you said the samurai. No, I was burping. I was like, I was, Man, I was... there's a there's some some opinion there. I'm curious about it. That'd be an interesting opinion. I wonder how <laughs> one would get there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of the episode now thinking about how I could get there. Uh, but with, with all those watches, you're getting generally the same thing. You're getting pretty similar water resistance. You're getting a generally similar aesthetic. Uh-huh. 
you're paying a little bit north or south from one another, but generally in this price point, you're looking about a $200 plus or minus between the entire market segment. Yeah. Right? Like you think probably eight to 600 bucks and then you go down. But if you get down to the hundred, like what I'm getting at is you're not getting much more for the $580, $600 prospects. Mm Mm-hmm. Than you are out of the SKX or the Mako or the Pro Master, but then you got the ones in there that are special, and they're special maybe because they've created a history around them. There's yeah. a there's a story to them, or maybe because it's just that they're they're special, and it could be like an intangible. I think the SKX is a good example of one that's just it's special. You, you know, I think that this works better. We discussed this a couple weeks ago, how the Amber Ale and the Pale Ale, not an India Pale Ale, but the Amber Ale and sort of the run-of-the-mill Pale Ale, so a la Sierra Nevada or Mirror Pond, mm-hmm. um, how the Amber and the Mirror Pond have, uh, or how the Amber and the Pale Ale have some similar uh, have some similar features and generally drink very similarly. Um and I think that this works really well if we throw dive watches into that conversation, right? The dive the the dive watch has those different offshoots, right? We've got mm-hmm. these sort of um, more uh, um, heavy-handed uh, pro spec to to use a, 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 a for lack of a better term, I should say. Uh, but we've also got now we've also got these you know really sort of unrefined fun easy to wear um dive watches you know especially in that in in our segment in our price segment that oh, yeah. hundred to you know thousand dollar you get this really wide swath of generally very easy to wear very normal um unobtrusive mm-hmm. unremarkable dive watches yeah i think it's a great comparison but but then you've got some that are really remarkable and they're remarkable in their simplicity like if you look at the at the amphibia is an engineering masterpiece right when you look at it it's just it's it's just nothing right but it's still so (laughs) special and you look at some of the best the best beers that ever ever been made two varieties of grain one variety of hops and it's just all about timing and balance Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. Is the SKX. Yeah. Right. <laughs> their, right. their grain bill is crazy simple. They use one variety of hops and they still punch out a terrific beer. That's right. Yeah. No, I think that nails it. What, I think that if, nails it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what we got to say. I think, I think the Amber Amber Ale is one of the most drinkable and generally boring beers out there. But every once in a while you get a diamond in the rough. All right. So so then we'll transition into the stout. The stout. Ooh, let's uh, another it. staple, another bar staple. Um something that is everywhere, but but I think that the stout is common to the amber ale, n- not just in terms of profile because the profiles are simple, right? Stout obviously. Mm-hmm really kicks it up a notch in terms of the toasted grains and that and that you know big bold flavor but essentially uh, a stout is an amber ale stepped up to the next level right mm-hmm. so to that end i said a stout a, your stout is your 
oversized, overbuilt, crazy motherfucking dive watch. Oh. So I'm thinking, you, you know, uh, a Rolex Deep Sea Dweller or, you know, one of these deep blue 500 millimeters or even like, you know, a, a Nethoons or something. One of mm-hmm. these like big, oversized, perhaps even like a brass cased or, you know, just big and chunky and go fuck yourself, oversized, killer. That's a stout to me, right? Oh, yeah. At the same time, warm and comfortable and perfect when you're sitting in front of the fire with a pair of slippers on. The brass case, I think, is is nails it. Because how comfortable... <laughs> is that brass case going to be? And it's just, it's like you just, just melt into it. It becomes one with you as big as it is hitting that stout. You just sink down into your couch. Right. (laughs) And every time you look up to take another sip, you just sink lower and deeper into your couch. You've got your lamb skin lined slippers on. I do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like actually IRL you do. Yeah, it's happening. I'm at yeah. my house. I, I like I I have pants on because I went to a doctor today. I was like, I didn't take regular pants off. How, how did that go? Mm. Is your hand broken? I don't know. I went to the the like workers comp clinic, so they had to send it out to get read. Okay. So I don't know. I'll know more tomorrow. All right. Hopefully. Work workplace injury. Andrew's suffering workplace injuries. Yeah, those happen. <laughs> yeah. My workplace injuries are A, I got a paper cup. B, I hurt my knuckles when I punched the copy machine. Um or C, I, I rolled my ankle as I was going down the stairs because I was I, reading a brief. I did hit the copy machine. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I so I think you nailed it with the uh with the brass case. Oh. I was I was thinking you were maybe going to go like big ass pilot watch, like just mm-hmm. something kind of decadent and ex- like cuz that's always that's what comes to mind when I think of stouts, just kind of decadent. I I like stouts with ice cream as a milkshake. Uh yeah, I think that that's I think that that's the that's the porter. Okay. Yeah, the the pilot watch is the porter. It's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit less. Uh, it's a little bit less sort of intense, but also a little more sweetness. But still overcooked. Yeah. Too big. Oh uh, yeah, generally too big for me. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, the the porter. So again, off script a little bit, but the porter. That's the pilot watch. That okay. big IWC big pilot. That's a, you know, a really sort of high gravity. That's a peanut butter porter right there. Porter. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter porter that's my favorite man that's so good for if if any of on you nitro one if you ever see belching beavers peanut butter porter at a bar buy it if especially see, if it's on nitro yeah, and if you see it on nitro cancel your plans and finish that keg <laughs> <laughs> that's right jesus man i have been you know I, I love a nitro beer but especially like a really rich sweet porter on nitro I, you know, I've gotten into IPAs on nitro. The beer stein started having mm-hmm. IPAs on nitro, and there's just something that's already so creamy about the mouthfeel of an IPA that when they throw it on nitro, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. 
Have you ever had the Cape Kwanda Cream Ale on Nitro? Ah, I wouldn't like it, I don't think. I don't, it's too sweet for me. Dude, I'm telling you, if you ever see Cape Kwanda Cream Ale, what's the name of that brewing company? Pelican. Pelican. So Pelican Brewing Company, it's on the Oregon coast here. Um, they make a cream ale in bottles. It's totally unremarkable. It's not bad. It's just unremarkable. But on draft, if you're ever on the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest in particular, and you're in a bar and you see Cape Kiwanda, the Pelican Brewing Company, Cape Kiwanda on draft, I recommend it wholeheartedly. If you see it on Nitro, same deal. Cancel your plans. Drink as much of that shit as possible. Yeah. That's my take. I, I have a uh, I have a Pelican beer here right now, and my dad sent me a picture of it a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to get it in the camera. There it is. The Dankest Hour. It's uh, it's like a weed reference. I thought when he sent it to me, because I'm not really literate. Um, I thought it said the Darkest Hour, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love black IPAs. That's my f- absolute hands down favorite style of beer. Yeah, it's one of the, it's up there for me too. You you can't find them commercially very often, so when I do, I like I get as many as I can. Mm-hmm. So my my mind saw what it wanted, and <laughs> I see I see the darkest hour in his picture, and I'm like, oh yes, yeah. I see it at the store, and it's been weeks, like probably three or four weeks since he sent me that picture, and I had to go grocery shopping yesterday. I saw this in the store and I was like, yes. And it still says the darkest hour to me <laughs> as I see it on the shelf. <laughs> the I darkest hour. I put it in my cart. It's still the darkest hour. I get it home. I call it the darkest hour. Mm-hmm. I put it in my fridge. I pull a can out. I pour it. <laughs> it's not dark. And I'm like, <laughs> the fuck? This is just a regular IPA. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed. So this beer is part of their summer migration series, uh, or they call it a uh, hopination migration. That's so they're stupid. doing, they're experimenting with all varietals of hops, uh, and they found a hop combination that, uh, where do they say it? Um, an emerged triumphant with the assertive resiny earthens, earthy pungency known as dank dank it's okay <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's not a black ipa though i just the whole thought process is so familiar to me i, I mean it, it was it said the darkest hour until i poured it right. and then i looked at it and i was like oh the dankest hour that's not right <laughs> It's like several a, several weeks hunt there, for the darkest still, hour. And there's still that question on my mind is like, did I get the wrong package? Like, no, I I got the right package. I just can't read. Totally reasonable. <sighs> so I guess we'll move on to the next and this is actually a good segue. Yeah. Into our next category, which is the the IPA, the IPA. The IPA. The India Pale Ale. And I went a little bit, I think, a, a little edgy here for my selection. You you grew your hair out. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dankest hour, man. I, I shaved today, and I have a beard and dreadlocks. <laughs> All I did was have one. <laughs> so the IPA. The, the IPA. IPA. <laughs> I think 
the IPA is the reissue. Watch. The vintage reissue. The vintage reissue watch. Yeah, I, I have problems with this, but go on. Okay, so, and here's why I think it is. Because for about the last 10 years, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe 12, 12 years, IPA has been king in the Pacific Northwest. In the in the uh, in the in the North in, America in craft uh, brewery generally, but yeah. because they so prominently came out of the Pacific Northwest, like from Seattle to Eugene, was where IPAs were blowing up in the craft market. Where where kind of that the hop renaissance mm-hmm. began, and IPAs are the cool thing. It's we're we're living in a time where. 80% a year craft beer door is IPAs. Maybe more. Like Then you're going to get 10% pails for the people who aren't ready for an IPA, and you're going to get 5 to 10% balance. Obviously, there's 10% left, but we're going to get some variability in there of the rest of your varieties of beer, of craft beer styles. You're going to maybe get a farmhouse if you're mm-hmm. really lucky. You're going to maybe get an amber. You're probably going to get a stout. You may get a sour, but your selection is is limited to IPAs at this point, because mm-hmm. it's the cool thing to do. And I think the vintage reissue is the cool thing to do in the watch industry right now. I think it's a trend. I think it's smart to chase that trend because you sell things that people are going to buy. You don't make things that people aren't going to buy just because you like them. But I think that's where we are. I think right now, the watch world, vintage reissue is the IPA. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I actually I actually think maybe it is the the sub homage. Ooh, I could see it. You you know, I, I, but I think that that we I think that it's that for similar reasons, right? Mm-hmm. When uh microbrands mm-hmm. no coincidence that micro <laughs> it's it's literally no coincidence that microbrand sounds very similar to microbrew, right? Yeah. Uh, there's probably some etymology experts out there that could tell us more about that. But I, I think that the answer is so obvious that we don't really need to dive into it. The sub-homage, and when I say the sub-homage, feel free to include the explorer homage. You the should. DSD homage. Yeah. The, you, you know, name your... Rolex homage, uh, but the the sub homage is the IPA, right? Uh, and, and so I think that by way of including these vintage reissues, if we can if we can shoehorn if we can shoehorn as you will the the sub homage into that description, I think this works just fine. But in my mind, that sub homage sort of when microbrands came out. I mean, most people were were making their living off of sub homages. That's right, that's right. It, you that know, was it, their bread and butter. That w- w- what is a microbrand? Oh, it's a sub homage, right? Yeah. <laughs> there was a period of time, right? W- w- and people were doing other things, right? But but generally, I do you think that's because that's what people were familiar with? That's how you grab as a as a new brand, you sell something that's familiar, and then you get to put your own DNA in it. And so transfer that to beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, transfer I mean, I, that to beer. If I'm if I'm a brewer, 
and I'm going to, you know what? Let's do this. Let's make fucking labels. Let's make a logo. Let's develop marketing. Let's develop a story and let's sell a watch that everybody wants. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are kind of a dime a dozen and a lot of them are busts. A lot of them are copycats. Some are great. Right. Squala. Some- uh, or Steinhardt, or you, you know, not that these companies are micro brands. Squala is this very old company, uh, but they sort of fit into that mold, right? Uh, Steinhardt, old, fantastic manufacturing, mm-hmm. but right, these are companies that, at least today, at least in modern times, their bread and butter is the sub homage. Yeah, and people watches. can buy a sub for five hundred bucks. Bernhardt, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's Bernhardt, yeah, to a T. Right, they're making. Very good, very tasty IPAs, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but I, I also like the idea of the vintage reissue, right? You, you know, well, now Miller Lite wants to get in on it. Yeah, they've got a they've got a, you know, or Miller wants to get on it. They've got an they've got an IPA. Right? Yeah, <laughs> now even Miller's got an IPA, right? So. Yeah, they just buy up a company that's doing it already. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's something that I wonder if we're going to start seeing in the next couple of years is small companies getting purchased by big guys and and can on the same scale that beer was, right? Like you could get this brewery that's doing, you know, a couple thousand barrels and be purchased by Miller Coors or Anheuser-Busch at the time and just keep working under their own label but as a subsidiary. Well, you I know, I wonder if we start seeing that. Uh, you know, if we if we if if EMG is going to get a knock on their door from from a watch group or if there's if we're going to see a cool conglomeration of American micro brands come together and join forces. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, I mean I think that it's more likely than not, you know, we are approaching certain global recession. Mm-hmm. O- almost certain global recession, right? Um and maybe worse, right? We're going to see a consolidation. There is going to be consolidation, and I don't just mean in watches. Oh, I mean yeah. in I mean in everything, right? But but yeah, a company like you know, say you know, I'm not sure Notice is a, or EMG is a great example, but I think Notice uh, is one of those companies that you look at, and uh, you know, those guys are ripe, right? Yeah. Those guys are ripe to get a, to get a knock at least, mm-hmm. uh, or, or you know. But who's it come from is the question. There's not that that American watch monopoly that if they were a Swiss brand, they almost certainly would have had a knock. Y- yeah, well, that that's right. I, I mean, you, you you do see the possibilities there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's you what s- we should do. Maybe forty and twenty should become a a watch conglomerate. <laughs> we just start buying brands. No, we just let them pay homage to us and okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see. What I think happens. we're onto something here. Yeah, I like it. I like where your head's at. Your head's always in a good place, Andrew. You know, I'm all, I'm always about doing what's right. All right. So we're we're <laughs> we're running short. We're running short on beers. I am on my off the wall beer, which is a sewer. A sewer. A sour beer. Now, if you know anything about beers, you'll have at least seen a sour. Sour is perhaps the new IPA. Um, I think it was going to be, and then it just sort of fizzled. Sure. 
Sure. Well, and and maybe it's not going to gain the mass popularity that an IPA did, but there's been a there's been a thing, right, where these craft breweries are dipping their toes into sour. So much like the dive watch, perhaps, or the sub homage, it doesn't have the universal appeal, but it's got a little bit of a uh a, a girl. It's the girl of the moment. I, and I think you did event. something. I think you did something really smart. And I know you thought of it. I need you to just share your watch. Sorry, I interrupted you. I bumped your words. I'm a dick. Well, <laughs> well so I, I actually came up with two separate complications uh, because I, I, I couldn't decide. So, but, but the one I sort of picked was a mono pusher chronograph. Uh, and, and I actually don't know that I love that pick. And I sort of second guessed myself and said, well, maybe it's actually a moon phase. Maybe it's actually a moon phase, but the idea in either event is beautiful, refined. On one Nasty. hand, on one hand, overly simple, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, ridiculously complicated. Nasty, I think, is the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the point you were making when you said yeah. that? So, on one hand, simple. And on the other hand, just ridiculous and nasty and cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And nasty in a, is not a pejorative in this sense. Nasty is like, yeah. Like she nasty. <laughs> Girl, you nasty. Uh, you, you know, so, and I can't decide. I still can't decide. As I, as here we're recording, and we've had time to think about this and even talk about it, I still can't decide. But it's, Do, it's I think, in I that think the vein. answer is it's excessive complications. Any watch with excessive complications that are and I think the the weirder and the more useless the complication gets, the better that sour is. Because the reason a lot of breweries don't do sours is because they have to allocate an entire barrel to it. Mm-hmm. They have to stop all other operations because otherwise they start infecting their other beer. Sure. Because it's so nasty. Mm-hmm. So they have Well, to, in the case of beer, literally nasty. I mean yeah, that's... so they they have to shut down an entire tank for three times the length as it would take to run any other beer through it. And that's with the same, the same effort that you're going to get out of developing or, or actually producing these new complications and building watches around them. Cause I know you're buying the movements, but still you, you buy a movement with half a dozen extra complications that you're, you're having to look at new cases. You're having to look at new handsets. You're having to look at new dials. Everything changes and it's unnecessarily complicated because it's not that big of a market segment. Right. Right. Small market segment. That yeah. was the other thing. Only X amount of people want this thing. I want it. I, I want it. I want and it. And I also want yeah. that fucking moon phase, you know? Yeah. I do want a moon phase. You mean that's a classic moon phase on a, you know, a, a classic. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, it's hand painted because why, why not? Right. Yeah. Right. You, you know, and, and much like, much like a sour beer, the moon phase, perhaps less so the mono pusher. Although I, I suspect I'm going to predict, I'm going to predict that there will be many, well, h- hard to make any predictions right now because we just yeah. don't know, but uh, it, a month ago, two months ago, I would have made a prediction, a confident prediction, that there will be mono pusher chronographs entering the market before too long. I'm not so sure anymore, but um, 
you, you know, you've got these very refined, very attractive moon phase watches or mono pusher watches, just like with Sours, you know, you can get these very, very, very dark uh, apricot based or blackberry based sour beers. But you can also find a Orient moon phase, automatic moon phase that's perhaps less refined, not hand painted. You can just go to the grocery store. And, oh, there's a fucking sour beer. Yeah, just to let me try that. Yeah, and it will give you ninety percent of the joy. But that ten percent, that ten percent is where all of the oh. refinement and nuance lives. Mm-hmm. It's in that ten percent. You know, that's beyond the Orient moon phase, right? Yep. There's a thing that happens as you, you know, and 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 that's that's sort of an unfortunate aspect to to watches. And I say unfortunate, more unfortunate for me than for, you know, m- maybe a higher-end watch collector. But it's like, I'm never going to truly enjoy a high-end moon phase watch. I'm just not going to. It's not going to happen. It's not in the cards. Yet. Maybe, maybe, but but realistically, I'm never going to buy a high-end moon phase. And, and in beer, I can enjoy that high-end sour beer, right? Oh, hell yeah. You know, so many co- comparisons between these hobbies, right? But beer drinking is for the masses, watches less so. But watches could be for the masses. And here we are making it relatable to the masses. We've got an MGD on the table. <laughs> And and we're and we're about to have a Richard meal on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Richard Mill, me up. Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your your eyes went from straight like understanding to confusion yeah. in the flip of a switch. <laughs> so the last category of beer that we're going to talk about today, as they relate to watches, is the barley wine. And the reason I chose the barley wine is because we like we've talked about, they're unusual. They're people just doing something off the wall for no reason. They're they're not widely drank. They're not widely sought after. Because nobody likes them. Because nobody likes them. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I've I have yet to have a barley wine that I was like, hmm, yeah. That gets it for me. So I texted the, what I texted Everett for the barley wine was blinged out luxury. Don't find them very often. When you do, even if you could have it, you just don't want it because you know you aren't going to like it. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. It's this category of beer that, okay, cool, you can do it. Like I'm not impressed that you can create, that that you can sell me an, a six ounce pour for $15 at 14% alcohol and tastes like shit. <laughs> barley wine nailed it. Yeah, got it. That, that thank you for the barley wine. There's people out there. Gem encrusted, gem encrusted yeah, bullshit that, dial nailed there's, it. There's people who are going to go out there and they're going to want that beer. They're going to want to buy that $14 beer to show how refined they are and be like, mm, the nuance in this barley wine." Nah, bro. It's not worth it. You're so a couple examples. I went right to the Richard meal because mm-hmm. that's all of them are so needlessly extravagant. And and Richard meal made a huge, a really smart play this year 
and getting Odell Beckham Jr. to wear one of their watches on the field. And I know Federer, or yeah, Federer wears a Richard Mille when he plays. What do you bet the Richard Mille paid his fines? Oh, they definitely did. Did I mean, do you know for a fact they did? Or they let him keep the watch. M- maybe. I, I don't know. Just If someone knows, let us know. But I, I would be willing to bet they paid his fine. And his fine was, what, 50 grand? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, just dropping the bucket. Yeah, like chump change for somebody wearing a quarter million dollar watch on a football field. But that's what that's right where my head went. Just needlessly extravagant. So... I I also think about the the Rainbow Daytona at just if you have the kind of money to spend that on a watch what the fuck else are you spending your money on and mm-hmm. and, and what are you doing for a living because we I'd like to pick your brain you you know I think that there is a thing that 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 we haven't really addressed too which is that uh you, you know it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt to play with a to play with a barley wine. It doesn't hurt to play with a ridiculously extravagant watch, uh, but by and large, you're not going to gain more enjoyment. No, you're not going to learn anything. I wonder uh, where the diminishing return is. Like, what's the last watch going up the price spectrum that you enjoy? Like where where is the diminishing return? Like enjoyment versus investment. Where's uh, the well, value? Where's the value diminishing return at? And I don't you know, know if there's a dollar value on it because every watch is so different. But you, you know, I I think that it's different for different people, right? And, and that's so heavily dependent on your on your means, right? Uh, we're in a world where people regularly acquire. Ten to twenty thousand dollar watches, um, and talk about them and brag about them and discuss them, um, and and that's part of why we're here, right? Yeah, that's part of why we're here because media, watch media, is entrenched in a hobby where the apparent bar to entry is a $7,000 Rolex Submariner. Um, or you don't have a watch. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and, and we, we, you and I, can say that a, a bit tongue-in-cheek, right? Because we have now developed an entire brand and um, a community based on the idea that... that that's not true, right? We're not the first and we're not novel in having done that. Um, and, and to a certain extent, uh, other brands have done that, uh, other media brands. And, we, we, and I say media a little bit sort of flippantly, right? Because I don't think either one of us considers ourselves media. No. I do have a media pass that I made to try to get in places. It doesn't work. But if you are a guy who just Googles or follows Uncrate or whatever... You might think, if I want to get a cool car, I have to spend 150 to 200% of what I would spend on my normal, everyday car, my Toyota Camry. But if I want to get a cool watch, I've got to spend, you know, roughly 700 times 
no, that's not right, 70 times what I would spend on uh, a, a, an everyday watch. If, if I want to be in this conversation, I've got to spend all this, this money. Uh, you, you know, there's this idea that sometimes just working a little harder, and, and, and this translates really well to beer. Uh, not that there are any, like, $500 bottles of beer running around. You, you know, I'm sure there are, but nobody there, cares. There are. Um, but by and large, you, you know, if you just work a little harder and look around a little bit more and talk to your bartender and spend some time on on forums or whatever, you can find that there's this world of joyful enjoyment in microbrand amber ales or you know cream ales or whatever. Same is true with watches, which is which is why we're here. So you don't need to get a barley wine and and buy some chain mail to go to the Renaissance Festival. Uh, All you need is a loot and a tuna. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I, I actually uh, was looking at loots online this no, week. No, you weren't. I was really. I was. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, y- yeah, I was thought I should learn how to play the loot. I've since abandoned that idea. It, I'm glad. it didn't. It didn't last very long. So. Uh, I, I found the most expensive beer in the world to I am gonna interrupt you because this is interesting. Um Do it. The Brew Dog or Brew Dog is the brewery, the end of history. It's a Belgian blonde. For seven hundred and sixty five American money. You can seven sixty five dollars. Seven hundred and sixty five dollars. You can get a six hundred and fifty milliliter bottle of it. Not even a full wine bottle <laughs> for seven hundred and sixty-five money, and then the Lost Abbey Cable Car Creek for seven hundred fifty milliliters, nine hundred and twenty-three American money. It's safe to say there's some diminishing returns there. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the the most I ever spent on a on a bottle of booze was two hundred bucks, mm. and I got the Johnny Blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I did not get any more enjoyment out of Johnny Blue than out of Johnny Black, and I got more enjoyment out of a quart of North Georgia moonshine than either of them. Right. <laughs> no, it's to- that's a totally reasonable comparison. Yeah. So that's it. W- we did it. We've gone through every single iteration of beer and watches, complete for forever and ever. We never need to revisit this subject. However, we probably will though. If if we miss something or if you have any thoughts on this, uh, let us know. Uh, you guys have been with with self quarantine. You guys have been very active uh, and, and, and patient because we suck in quarantine. My yeah. my brain gets active when I'm active. I'm just a pile of mush right now. No, you know I told you today. Uh, I, I hate watches today. Right? We've talked about this on the show before. But you also told me days. that yesterday. Uh, th- there's some periods where I'm just like, I hate watches. I hate this. I hate doing this. Uh, I hate, you know, no, no, I don't. N- no, I don't want to buy that fucking watch. I'm not buying a watch because I actually am concerned that I'm going to have money at the end of the year, right? <laughs> like yeah. actual money to pay the rent. So, uh, you, you know, it, it's an attitude that that creeps every once in a while. But um, with that said, 
the engagement online and everything else sort of always keeps me back, keeps me fresh, keeps me on my toes, and and, and it brings the joy back. So we really appreciate your guys' interactions, uh, and and your comments and your questions. And you guys have been great. Uh, so please keep them coming. If you have comments about today's episode, let us know because we want to know. We're just we just sort of came up with this and and rolled with it. Let us know what did we do? What did we miss? What did we get wrong? Uh, give us your, give us your list, uh, and, and we'll talk about it on a future episode. And if anybody, you, any of you tell us that Miller is a Rolex Daytona, unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, my friend, other things go. I've got another thing this week and it's something I'm surprised I haven't talked about already. Cause you and me love some hot sauce. Mm-hmm. 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 And I am... There's a hot sauce that I go through as much volume in my house as I do sriracha. And I go through a big bottle, like the big grocery store bottle of sriracha every month. Like when I go to the grocery store, I just buy another bottle because I know I'm never going to wish I didn't have that much sriracha. God bless you. Um, This is, uh-oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. This is Valentina Salsa Picante. Mexican sauce, extra hot. Oh boy, the black label. The black label. Don't fuck with me right now. This, on the Amazon, it's $12.45 for a 34 ounce bottle. <clears throat> and they're, I mean, they're big bottles, but I go through about one a month. And this is one of my absolute favorite Latin food hot sauces. It's got a. <laughs> Because every food, like, you can't use sriracha on a taco unless it's some kind of, like, Asian fusion infusion, taco, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is my go-to Latin-inspired cooking hot sauce. And I just I just drench everything in it. Sometimes I'll just get tortilla chips and eat them out of the bag, hit this, hit it with, with some of this. It's got such good flavor. It's got such good heat. It's one of the few hot sauces that I eat regularly. It still makes my nose run. No, it's no Chimay. Chimay right. is it, better. It, it, it's not. It's not a. It's not a burn your feet off. No, type but hot sauce. but this is hot, flavorful, big. But it also doesn't overpower what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Love it. Check it out. They come in smaller bottles, and they come in extra hot. The black label. Hot is a yellow label, and just regular is a, like an orange label. Go for the extra and, hot. Go yeah, big. go for. They're all good, but the extra hot is, the extra hot's is worth special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You you know, uh, we talked about Chimay months a year ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, a year ago. Uh, but just a reminder: if you're looking for some dope hot sauce, the Chimay Red, not the same as the beer. No, not the not the same as the beer, and the, and just to, just the to, same. Uh, just different. to remind everyone, the Chimay Habanero sauce on the Amazon for got to find the red one for a pack of three, twenty money. I need to and for most of, of you, that's enough hot sauce for the year. Yeah, for, for most Andrew, of you, like it's not. It lasted <laughs> me six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> But this is three bottles, so that's 18 weeks. But if I've got three bottles, I'm going to go through it faster. I'm not going to be so sparing with it. 
Right? Isn't that funny how you get a little like you get a little cavalier? Yeah, I, can, I was I eating some extra. I was eating cracklins this week, and I was dipping them <laughs> in. Uh, I was <laughs> the the delay, like you know, when you hear some somebody say something, and your mind goes to the answer before they say it. There was there was a delay between the k and the lens sound. I was like, "Why were you eating crack?" And then you said lens, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. That's you've been way, doing makes long, way more sense." Yeah. You've been doing law enforcement too long. Evidently, I was eating crack lens uh, and, and dipping them. I've got this. Uh, I've got this uh, pucker butt Carolina mm. Reaper sauce mm. that I've been enjoying, but I'm but I really parse it out. There's two reasons for that, right? Uh, the first, the first. And perhaps not the most pressing is that I don't want to run out because it's hard to find. And the second is a little bit really, really affects the lower intestine. Uh, If you if you eat that at eight o'clock at night, you wake up the next morning and you got to poop a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because it affects it. It just gets in there and it it gives you it, it irritates your insides. I mean, in a way, the color of the sauce is like cranberries. It <laughs> looks like it's going to hurt you. On the Amazon, you can get this for 18 bucks. This is the Reaper, the Pucker Butt Reaper? Yep, Reaper's squeezing. Yeah, it's good shit though, dude. It, and it it's, looks like a cheap like knockoff bottom shelf sauce. It's, it, and it's, it's not. not. It's the opposite of that, yeah. right? It's the opposite of that. I mean, this is uh, this is you know perhaps the Richard meal of hot sauces. Totally unnecessary ridiculous <laughs> but very good yeah it's, it's very good super mean though if you're if if you're in even a little bit sensitive to heat just get just get valentina's hot and call it a day that's right pass this is not for the faint of heart this is a a serious fuck you up hot sauce uh and, and i eat it and andrew eats it but i think for 95 percent of our listeners don't get this and think you're going to enjoy it because you're not going to no i we had thai food the other day because we've been doing the like order food a couple times a week because we're both still employed uh and we ordered thai food and the only cuisine that i ever trust their spice rating is thai food if they tell me 90 percent of people this is too hot for them that's as hot as i'm gonna go so this place we ordered from it's like hot Number one is hot. Number two is it'll give you the sniffles. Number three is spicy, like too spicy for 75%. Number four is too spicy for 90%. I was like, I'll hold there. And they still have three levels above it. I got the too spicy for 90%. And I was like, I could have upped it. Yeah, right. You could have gone to five. I could have gone to six, I think, because it was not spicy. And then Sam tried it. And Sam's like, whoa. I'm like okay, so it's spicy, <laughs> but uh, it's like when we did that chocolate yeah. at the house, and I thought, you know, this hurts, but it's, it's not terrible. And then everybody in the house almost died. Yeah, I I was close. There there was like that mental fortitude of remain composed. This is momentary. <laughs> nope, nope. Just breathe. You're gonna get through it. It's unpleasant, but you're gonna get through it. Meanwhile, my my wife is on her knees. This is really bad. This is not an exaggeration. She had like a pea-sized piece of chocolate. Seven months pregnant. She's gonna die in my living room. She's on her knees with her arms folded on the table, her head buried in her arms, sobbing. (laughs) So good. It was awesome. I probably I'll never have that chocolate again. Because 
it just it wasn't good. There was I no really enjoyed it, Andrew. There was no yeah. good flavor to the spice. It was it was good chocolate. The chocolate was amazing, but then it was like like Jackie Chan kicking you in the throat. I love without it. any of the pleasure of spice. Yeah, I had I had all the pleasure of spice. So you, you know that, that I guess that's the takeaway, right? Is that spicy food is so particular and individual, right? Because I think that your tolerance for spicy food is maybe just a little bit more than mine. But I handled that chocolate way better than you did. Yeah, you did. It, it, but I think you your tolerance. To it. Yeah, yeah, I I ate the yeah. rest of it. <laughs> I think your tolerance is generally higher than mine. So that it's one, really individual. Yeah, that one just got me. Yeah. I would so, I, maybe I would try it again to see if I could do better next time. Like if if I just like swallowed it wrong or like got too cavalier, like got too comfortable through the milky chocolate delicious. And then, well, it does and then do was that, ambushed. right? <laughs> it does do that because it you put it on your tongue and you think I know this. This is comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you chew no. it, and I'm like, oh, there's toffee in here. It was not toffee. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember what that chocolate. I'm sure we said it in a prior episode, but was it was did it come from Bucker Butt? No, it's a chocolate challenge. There's a bunch of celebrities who have done it. If you just look at the chocolate challenge, we'll find the brand. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and and like I said, you, you know, really individual. And, and and furthermore, we're not recommending you do this stuff. I no. think by and large, unless you're an asshole or an idiot like Andrew and I, you're probably not going to enjoy that experience. No, but if you are, you will. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you have dairy products too, because there were no dairy products in your house. There was some keto ice cream. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Keto ice cream is not good. Y- yeah, no. Uh, there is some good keto ice cream, but that wasn't it. So. It was like overchurned and. But it wasn't because it's not milk. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just, it was. Oh, it is milk. I don't know. I I just, I don't want it again. I finished a book this week. Yeah? I finished a book this week. Oh, yeah. We're still uh, on my other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so I, I finished a book this week called The Name of the Wind. This is book one of a projected three. And I say projected because there's no third book yet. There's only one and two. But this is a, a, a trilogy called The King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. It's a fantasy book, um, like uh, like Fifty Shades fantasy. Different fantasy, oh. a, a different fantasy. Uh, more like um, more like Harry Potter meets uh, meets the Song of Fire and Ice, Ice and Fire. Yeah, Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, so 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 fantasy dragons, swordplay, uh, magic alternate universe, you know, incantations, that sort of deal, strange lands. Um, but it is very tongue in cheek, very enjoyable. In fact, the reason it's my other thing this week is because I downloaded this book, I think last Friday and finished it in about four days and I could not put it down. And two nights ago I came to bed at four o'clock I was so pissed too. And my wife says to me, my wife says to me, Everett, this is too late to come to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, you know, it's been so long. Uh, it, it's been so long. 
since I've felt this reading a book, you know, where I just, I could not put it down, Andrew. Uh, it, it just. Did you get it on Kindle? I got it on Kindle. Can you share because Kindle I, books? You know, I think I can by way of you logging into my account, which I'm fine with. Oh, no, but I think you can, like, send a, a certain amount of Kindle books per year. Okay, well, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll look into that. If not, I'll just give you my login. Okay. Because I know you and like you. Uh, but, yes. I order so many nice things for your wife. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Patrick Rothfuss... Uh, the name of the wind. You, you know, if you like, if you like reading and you like books, and and so many of you do, we know because we talk about. It. I, we, there's like six of us, uh, uh, six of our listeners that every week, every single week, I talk about books, uh, which is really joyful uh, from for me. You know, because it just doesn't happen that often where you get that kind of experience. But uh, so you guys, you guys check it out. Everybody else check it out. Just. Joy, pure joy. I'll do a quick, I mean, I know it's April by the time you're listening to this, but uh, I, I only made it through 45 books last year. It, you know, people ask us about that yeah. every once in a while, and I know you don't you don't really check the Instagram messages, but people ask us, what what happened with Andrew's I made it through uh, 40, reading challenge? 45 books. So I came up 15 short. Mm-hmm. In fairness, I got a new job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, it was just uh, it was a little bit harder to get as much reading done as I'd like because I had to do other, you know, non hobby reading. But mm-hmm. I'd made it through forty five books. I think that's pretty good in a year. Yeah, I, I read fewer books than that. Yeah, I made it forty five books. Good job. Yeah. Hey, good job, Andrew. Thanks. I figured I would give an update <laughs> because I I did tell everyone about it and then stopped talking about it. But yeah, here we are. April, and I'm giving you an update on last year's New Year's resolution, 45 for 60. You, you know, when people ask, my general answer is, haven't really updated. Uh, I assume that means he didn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. There would have been a grand uh, celebration had I. What's well, happening? Uh, I'm not sure. You you started to say something. I don't feel like you finished your thought. No, I said there would have been a grand bit of would have been a grand celebration had I. Oh, I see. I see. Well, speaking of grand celebrations, we're just about two thousand Instagram followers. Look at that. We've got to watch for our two thousand uh, Instagram follower giveaway. Uh, we've got to watch. It's it's a limited edition forty and twenty watch. <laughs> Uh, it was donated to the show by a listener. Oh. Uh, it was donated to the show by a listener. With that said, it is still a limited edition 40 and 20 watch, and it's kind of special. It's kind of yeah. special. So when we get there, we're, we're very close. I think last time I checked, we we're at 1,988. So we, almost certainly. I'll look right now. We'll We'll do this uh, live. Let's look. Almost certainly we will be there. Next week, when we record next week's episode, which is when we will announce our 2000 Instagram follower giveaway. 1990. The, 1990. Yeah. So, grand celebrations heading. We've got, an, we've got a giveaway. Don't miss it. We'll obviously announce it via the Instagram probably one week from the release of this episode. So, I'm not going to worry about the date. But the, the following Thursday... 
We'll be announcing that on Instagram and via podcast, our 2,000 giveaway, our 2,000 follower giveaway. All right? All right. Andrew, anything else? Anything else you got before we uh, get moving for the day? Nope. I don't think I've got anything. That time then. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. That is obviously going to be where we uh, administer our giveaway for our 2000 follower, our 2000 Instagram follower celebration. Uh, Check us out on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Honestly, you guys, we are so appreciative of our patrons and we're going to do something special for them this year. We haven't decided what, but we're discussing it and we'll be making an announcement on that soon. We cannot underestimate how much we appreciate you guys. Um, the the reality is we don't get paid to do this we do this because we love it but there's expenses there's hosting expenses and there's hardware uh, expenses and so we really appreciate you being there for that don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye <laughs>